postdoc transformation postdoc transformation postdoc transformation invest in your postdoc transformation welcome to the weekly show for scientists leaping into business in every episode we are happy to recommend employers of choice for you for your career transition, we offer customized career transition e-courses and memberships also at graduate schools all over the world, maybe yours too. And if your university isn't yet our customer, enroll in your free email course for career transition made simple as linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Professor Dr. Anna Sui Winkles, and let's build your postdoc transformation with this episode. So it's really first things first, before you leap into business or industries or whatever, I mean, before you apply to an employer, you need to check your readiness to leap out of science first. And in the course of this episode, I will share with you 15 questions that you need to reflect on way before you apply right? So way before you apply. And you don't have to do that but just by listening. But instead, you can also, after listening to this episode, check the show notes where I also have a questionnaire linked to my website so that you can check your readiness to leap out of science in an instant. All right, so just lay back and try to reflect on that and then rehearse that, those questions in the questionnaire. So you're a grad student and you've come a long way. I mean, you're in grad school and you're nearly finishing your degree. And you're thinking, well, academia isn't really for me, right? So science seemed great, but in this crisis, personally or also in the world that was happening in here, you want to exit. And you're thinking you're nearly there, but now what? And at these crossroads, you can then decide to stay within academia to pursue a postdoc or not and to try to get a tenure track position and also to become a professor eventually. Or you could decide to leap out of science into business and industries. And this is why you should listen. So the first question that you need to answer is, do you know what your transferable skills are? Your transferable skills are the ones that you have gained in your PhD at graduate school and maybe also in your life and also in your undergrad studies that you can then use and monetize outside of the PhD in industry or business, right? So the question of someone who recruits you potentially is how can we use your skills to make more or, you know, make money to create value in our business context? And these transferable skills can fall into three categories. One is with people, and the other one is data, and the third one is objects. So for people, that's like leading people, developing people, teaching, communicating for them, with them, working with them, something like that, working in teams, etc working with diverse people, working with intelligent, but also not so intelligent people, because actually you have to be aware that um, we are quite homogeneous in academia in terms of intellectual capacity. But the real world has met much more to offer and we have to be able to communicate our ideas 
in a way that others can understand and also relate and work with that, right? So we tend to communicate in ways that are maybe intimidating and that's why it's so important to, to focus on the people aspect. The second aspect is, or the th second category is about data. And I think that probably we all know what we mean with data because we are working with data and research is about creating insights based on data that could be quantitative, statistical numbers, etc. but of course could also be qualitative, so interviews and something like that. And I think that our research skills, our empirical skills really Com, you know, contribute a lot of value into creating new products, new services, especially in today's world where data is, you know, abundant. But understanding the data is a very rare skill, especially researchers have. And then we can also work with objects. And that depends on really, is it immaterial objects or is it really hands-on objects? And um, that could be also, you know, I, I know someone who's been working with rats, so rodents, and he's got really good hands in uh, to work with them and to do surgery and something like that. So, or working with a microscope, something like that, that is also objects, but it could also be virtual objects, digital objects, so that you can create new things, new concepts, something like that. So the second question you need to answer is, do you know what your life worthy countries are? And not only just for you, but also for your future partner and also your future family, if applicable. Why is that important? Because especially if you are changing and leaping into a business that, you know, is somewhere located in another country, or when you think that now you want to create a better life for yourself and go with a PhD into a country where you think that you can build a new future for yourself, then yourself is not just you, but also your extended family, right? Because otherwise, even if you could be happy, they wouldn't be. And that's why it's so important because I know that for my community of LGBTIQ+, it's, it's really important to live in cities where you and your loved ones are safe, right? Where if you are a woman or if you are a Muslim or whatever, it is important that you feel safe and that your kids will be also appreciated in that society. And that's why it's so important. And the third question applies to, do you know what your favorite working conditions are, right? So do you like to work at special times like in the mornings or in the afternoons or in the evenings or are you having you know do you want to work in a big city or more in you know local suburbs or whatever do you want to work remotely or in presence or in person preferably and what kind of contract do you aspire i mean most of us who leave academia as a phd probably have only experienced time-limited contract, so a contract that is unlimited 
and also has a better salary, etc. Has a better compensation package, has a better vacation deal, and etc. Um, that really is huge for us, right? Because otherwise, we've been deprived. Most of us have been deprived, and that's why it's so important to know your worth and to say yes. Now it's my time to capitalize on all the hard work I've put into gaining this PhD, and that's why you should also be very clear about what you want to achieve and negotiate. Even if your values isn't just about money. You need to think about your values, your internal values. What is so important for you that you? What is an important need for you that you want to satisfy? And that is maybe recognition or appreciation, and that does not just entail financial compensation, but it's also about respect and intellectual freedom and whatever it is for you that you value so dearly to your heart that you need to align that. With the organization's corporate culture, because if you land in a corporate culture, a company's culture where they do not treat you with respect, but respect is one of your strongest values, then you will be very unhappy, regardless whether they pay you a lot of money or they don't. So you need to be sure to think about your own values first. So that you can then look out for the right companies who are offering you the same, the the good context where you can develop, where you can thrive, because your values have an alignment. So, question number five alludes to what type of people would you like to work for as your leader or with your colleague and your team, and also for in the terms of client and supplier. Because at the end of the day, you'll be working in a supply chain with them, together with them as a team, and that means you will have to work with them closely. And depending on your own personality, but also on their personality and also their personal upbringing or socialization, that could be also very, you know, very familiar or very homogeneous or even not. So that's why you should be also thinking about that. And earlier in this episode, I talked about intelligence, and I just want to make sure that you understand that having an an academic degree or not does not have to be tied to intelligence. I've seen people with a doctor title doing stupid things, and I've seen people without an academic degree doing genial things. Right, so. That is not for you an orientation to see people without a doctoral degree to be minor or whatever. And now it's time to thank Company ABC, who sponsors this episode of the Postdoc Transformation Show. I would now be reading the company's answers to one of six bold questions so that you can choose to apply. For example, number one: Describe your most valuable experts versus leaders in your company. Have they typically earned a doctor title? Or number two, for which of your company roles or units do you encourage somebody with a doctor title to apply? Number three, how would you describe your organizational culture in which your most valuable experts and leaders thrive in?
to nominate an employer of choice so that we can ask our informative, bold questions, click on the link in the show notes. And now, back to the Postdoc Transformation episode. Question number six is about your work interests, right? So what do you wish to pursue in your new role or job? What are the topics that you want to deal with daily? Right? Because if you don't like to work with topic A, B, C, but you have to deal with that and work on data to do that or work on something, you know, new products, new services, client negotiations, presentations, pitches, etc. But you don't like the topic that will be really hard for you to endure on a daily basis. And that's why it's so important that you know your work interests so that you can then align to these topics and then do the role or, you know, the job, whatever it is. And question number seven really focuses on your willingness to invest. How willing are you to invest the time and your intensity to thrive in your career transition, right? So probably you've been investing into your doctorate 100% of your time. And if you want to leave, as soon as you are ready and inclined to lead, you need to invest now to prepare your career transition. That does not happen overnight. And that's why you need to be willing to invest some time and in some intensity so that you have all that it's needed to leap into business or industries. So maybe you need to take time for doing a new course, um, have a side project, which builds your transferable skills if you don't have any at the moment, or you want to do a research sabbatical, so to speak, and have an unpaid, I mean, it's unpaid usually anyway, <laughs> but um, you know, maybe you want to have an internship if that's possible. In Germany, it's not possible because you have already earned your master degree, so you shouldn't be doing an unpaid internship, but you could be doing something like that so that you gain business exposure, something like that. And question number eight focuses on your vision of life. What do you envision for yourself, not just beyond the PhD, but rather from the perspective when you are 70, 60, you know, hopefully you'll get into your 80s. But what do you want to have achieved looking back? And then maybe you are in your 20s, your 25th, 5th, you know, 30s, so to speak. And there is still abundantly time to make new choices. Choices to, you know, career transition from science into industries or business. And then you still have 40 years or so to make your vision come to life. And that's why it's so important that you know, do you want to have a family? Do you want to work in whatever field? Do you want to work all day long? Or do you want to be able to have a passive income somewhat and so to speak? And that's what you need to then work for in your career transition. And maybe now you're thinking, well, I don't know anyone like this. My professors aren't like this. The postdocs aren't like this. We all just go into tenure track positions and also 
uh, try to become a professor, and then if someone fades out, that's like a persona non grata. No one talks about them because we think that they are a failure. But actually, you need to have role models that show you the ropes, that teach you how to transition their career from science into business, how they did it. And that is just one inspiration. You will have to find your own way because you can't walk in their shoes, right? But you still have to have an inspiration, an encouraging person who can show you that it is possible beyond your imagination at the moment, beyond the imagination of a overly envious and, you know, toxic principal investigator who doesn't want you to survive and to thrive in business. And that's why you need role models. And if you don't have these role models within your academic setting, then you need to go out and network somewhere else so that you can have the social learning you deserve for your career transition into business. And then we have question 10, right? So the question 10 relates to, do you know how you can do informational interviews with the role models that you have found through external networking, right? Because with these role models, you can then explore new industries like through their eyes so that you can think of new jobs because they have experienced these jobs or they know that these jobs do not work like this in the future anymore, something like that. So they have insights and you need to be able to ask the right questions at the right time to the right people so that you get a lot of information so you have an informed decision-making for your job applications. And now we've talked about networking with key people and you can definitely do this already in LinkedIn or also on Instagram. You'll find a lot of people you can connect with me, for example, and I have a wide network of business people, but also career coaches who can also help you further. But if you want to dive into that, academic networking and business networking are totally different. And I have e-courses on that on my platform. So just let me know whether I can serve you there. But essentially, networking is your key to find the right people as your role models so that you can ask them the right questions for your information interviews so that you have an informed decision making for your job application. That's why it's so important that you do the networking way before you start to apply for a new job in business. And did you know that I offer deep dive e-courses, workshops and memberships at graduate schools, maybe also at yours in the future? Ask your graduate school coordinator whether they want to book my services so that I can deliver them to you 24-7, 365 on your mobile device. And networking can also help you shape your professional identity, which is question number 12. Do you know and also like your new professional identity? Because if you don't like to be that person and you think, I don't want to be a capitalist, I don't want to be someone in business, it feels like a sellout, it feels like someone who is salesy and stuff like that. Well, you need to be able to sell your own 
transferable skills to someone starting from your job application process. I mean, why should a company recruiter hire you? Because they want to increase their value, their contributions. And if you can't explain it to them why you should be at their table or not, then it will be hard. So you need to find out whether the profession and identity of your role models is something that you want to emulate as well. And that has to be then clear cut. You can't be ambiguous in the sense like, actually, I really want to be a an, an researcher, but now I have to leap into business. I mean, that's like dating someone who doesn't really want to be dated because he or she or it thinks about the past boyfriend or partner or girlfriend, you know. It's like, uh, well, are we, are we dating now? And are you interested in the common future or are you still not over the other person? Right? You need to have a professional identity that, that really is clear cut. And that also is to be customized, right? You can't apply to consulting, but also to corporate jobs, but also to whatever, or even research and development and behave the same way, right? And then whatever it is then needs to be done with confidence, right? And that's why it's such a long process because it's changing your professional identity from being a scientist into someone who is a founder, who is an entrepreneur, who is a consultant, who is whatever it is. But you have to play this role with confidence. Otherwise, no one will buy that. Sorry, no one will buy that. And maybe now you're thinking, wow, buying, selling, maybe it's just not for me. And then I can reassure you that you, you should think about question number 13, about career paths, right? So nowadays, career paths, the most of them are nonlinear. With the world evolving so fast and so many changes are unprecedented. Most of the people working in business tend to have a non-linear background and it's okay to have a different phase of your life where you're working as a consultant. And then once you're finished with that, once you have outgrown that category, you can then proceed to the next phase where you find yourself as a founder or something like that. It's just one by one and not at the very same time. And that's what I'm saying before. You shouldn't apply for the very different kind of roles with the same confidently, you know, acted professional identity. But instead, you need to think of what is your next step. And your next job does not have to be your job for your life. Especially in nowadays time, usually people will be working in one role at one company just for a couple of years. So why not just trade in the uncertainty of doing a postdoc and the uncertainty to become a professor, trade that into the uncertainty of thriving in a new role outside of academia and then maybe gaining a lot of more 
diverse experience that makes you much more unique as compared to your colleagues who have always stayed in academia. So are you hooked now? Do you want to leap out of science? If so, then question number 14 is so important for you, right? And especially if you still have a couple of months time so that you can then tie everything together. You need to tie your loose ends in the terms that you need to finish and you need to publish all your research efforts because then it's easier for you to leap into business. One is you have closure that is psychologically important for you and yourself, so to speak, and also your, your, your teammates. But also it's very promising and also encouraging for the business recruiter, for the company, for your new boss, for your new leader, when they see that you can devote 100% into the new job, right? So you're not still, you know, one foot in one world and the other foot in the old world. And that's why it's so important that you think about question number 15, which is how can you plan and prepare for your career transition way before your graduation, probably like a year or so before. Because to be honest, when you started your PhD, you probably were in your honeymoon. And then shortly after when you've done your, you know, your courses and everything, and your first experiments failed, and you tried to publish nevertheless, and something like that, then reality hits. And you probably think that, well, You've started this and you now double down on that. And that's also fine because you need that momentum to finish your PhD. But if, if you ever think of maybe academia is not for you in your first or second year, that's even ideal to think about finishing the degree, knowing that you want to leave anyway. And that helps you to invest into your doctorate according to your vision of life. Remember that question number 18, if not go back because uh, eight, sorry, eight, because it's so important that you know why you are doing something. And that can then align all your resources that you want to invest into the right, you know, directions, right? Hey, have you found this episode so far helpful for yourself? Well, maybe you can subscribe and also share this episode with your PhD bestie because that would encourage us to help the underprivileged, underrepresented and underserved early career scientists leaping into business. And now back to the show. So there you have it. 15 questions that you need to think about to check your readiness to leap out of science. Number one, transferable skills. Number two, life-worthy countries for you and your loved ones. Number three, working conditions. Number four, values. Number five, type of people you want to work with. Number six, work interests. Number seven, your investment and your return on invest. Number eight, your vision of life. Number nine, role models. Number 10, informational interviews that you can do with these role models. Number 11, where do you find those? In via your networking. Number 12, professional identity. And number 13, your career paths that can be nonlinear and unique. And number 14, you know, 
finish what you want to leave. That's publishable efforts. And number 15, plan your career leap. And once you have determined your readiness to leap and you think, yes, this is the way forward. I want to transition into business or industries. Then you can, if you like, enroll in your free email course with 10 actionable, bingeable email lessons until you start your job in business. You'll get 10 emails that detail number one, how to leap out of science, number two, how to build your sustainable LinkedIn profile, number three, how to read social media and network, number four, how to research your favorite jobs and employers, number five, how to do information interviews to get insights, number six, how to create your customized applications, number seven, how to prepare your thesis from a business point of view, Number eight, how to apply to your favorite employers. Number nine, how to choose the right job offer. And number 10, how to prepare for your new job. Woohoo! Do you want the transcript of our episode and our episode sponsor's answers to all six bold questions so that you can choose to apply? Do you want to nominate your employer of choice so that we can ask them our bold questions? For all of that, check out our clickable links in our show notes. And on our website, www.postdoctransformation.com, you can also check your readiness to leap into business or enroll in our free email course, Career Transition Made Simple. Thanks for your attention. I'm Professor Dr. Elna Sui Winkles, the host of your weekly Postdoc Transformation Show. Postdoc transformation postdoc transformation postdoc transformation